Well, we are wrapping up today a series called Well Done. We started this four weeks ago. The very top of the year, Pastor Mike kicked off this conversation of stewardship, and he took us through the parable of the talents in Matthew, and really a good general conversation about how we are responsible as Christians to handle the things that God has entrusted to us. And then two weeks ago, Pastor Scott talked about money and how we're supposed to respond to God with the financial resources that he gave us. Last week, Pastor Mike talked about stewarding culture, and today we're going to wrap this up with a conversation about stewarding creation. And I'm excited because I've been waiting impatiently for a couple of years now to finally have a reason to show all of you a bunch of my backpacking pictures, okay? So yeah. Don't worry, they only allowed me to show like six, so it's not going to be that bad. Okay, let's take a look at the first one here. This is Tunnel Falls. This is in Eagle Creek, Oregon. This is about six hours from here. It's in the Cascade Locks area in Hood National Forest. This is a trail that burned down two summers ago. But this is called Tunnel Falls. We were there on Memorial Day weekend two summers ago, and if you look closely, you see a tunnel that goes behind the waterfall. Absolutely beautiful. And then some numbskull always wanted to photobomb my pictures. You see that little dude in the white shirt? Yeah, that's Pastor Kenny up there. Yeah. He's joined me on many of the journeys that we've gone into the hills together, and it's a lot of fun. But let me tell you a funny story about this one. So I'm calling the forest ranger, and I'm saying, I'm asking trail conditions, are there anything to worry about? And she says, sir, do you know what you're doing? I said, I, I don't know, maybe. What's, what's wrong? Well, we've just had a lot of people trying to get that perfect Instagram picture that we've had to flight for life out over the last couple of weeks. And I was like, no, I'd never do that. So that's okay. Fortunately, Kenny didn't fall to his death, so we were, we were okay. Let's take a look at the next one. This is Aloha Lake. This is in the Sierra Nevadas. Uh, I, I took all these pictures with my cell phone, believe it or not. It's amazing what these, what these cameras can do. This is in Desolation Wilderness. This is by Lake Tahoe, the southwest corner, Rubicon Valley area. Two summers ago, it was my dad's 60th birthday, and we went on a four-day, three-night, 30-ish mile backpacking trip through the area. Absolutely stunning. It was amazing to wake up and to see that and just be consumed by the sunrise. It was, it was really special, really special. Let's take a look at the next one. This is Colchuck Lake. This is just about two hours from here. This is in the Alpine Lakes Wilderness in a trail called the Enchantments, and it's beautiful. I mean, you get up there, you do this big hard climb, you get there, and all of a sudden there's this face of this mountain staring you down, and it's absolutely wonderful. Let's take a look at the last one. This is Snow Peak on the left. That's Pastor Mike and Pastor Nate. I'm their trail photographer, by the way. And then Mount Stewart there on the right. That's also Mike and Nate. And these are just been some, uh, some amazing moments that we've got the chance to go out and really be present and close to God. We have a real outdoorsy staff here at the church. A lot of us go out for hikes. We go out into creation all the time. And it's almost as if God wants us to find him out in creation. There's a biblical idea for that there. I want to share it with you. It's Romans 1. It says this. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. 
I know that for me personally, going out into the hills, going out into the woods, I really find God there. And some people are into the beach. Some people are into mountains. Some people like lakes. Some people just want to go for a walk in the park. But we really do get a sense of connectedness and closeness to God when we are out in creation. Let me tell you a fun story. This last summer, my, my daughter Mercedes, she's 13 years old, we went on her first backpacking trip. And we went to a place called Upper Priest Lake. So it's Priest Lake. At the north side of Priest Lake is a smaller body of water called Upper Priest Lake. And it's a hike-in or a boat-in only spot. There's a campground there called Plowboy Campground. It's a three-mile trail. You're hiking through the trees. There's little peekaboos of the lake coming through there. Mercedes carried all of her stuff with her. It was amazing. The pack weighed more than half of her body weight. So she earned her Wheaties that day. But we got there. And we started setting things up, and there's this picnic table, there's a fire ring there, there's outhouses available, and we had so much fun. We played go fish for hours. We went on little explorations through the woods. It was a blast. And then the sun starts to set. And so we go up to this beach, and there's a, there's a log there. We're sitting down on the log, watching the sun set, and there's just these orange bursts in the sky. Absolutely beautiful. There's a little canoe off in the distance that's just this perfect little silhouette of a canoe. It was the most perfect moment. And all of a sudden, I hear a from Mercedes. And she's sitting next to me there. And she's got a tear on her cheek. And of course, I start worrying. I say, Mercedes, is something wrong? And she says, I, I, I don't know. I said, are you sad? She said, no. I said, are you happy? She was like, well, yeah. And I said, are you scared? And she said, well, a little. And I said, do you feel really small right now? And she said, yes, that's exactly how I feel. And I said, Mercedes, you're experiencing something right now called awe. Let's go ahead and bring up that picture. It means a feeling of reverential respect mixed with fear and wonder. That's my daughter on the left. That's the sunset that we were looking at. That's that amazing moment. And I am so happy that I got the chance to be there for when Mercedes had this powerful encounter with God and his creation. It was so special, and I can't wait to have many, many more of those moments with Mercedes going backpacking. That same summer, this last summer, I went on a backpacking trip with my friend Matt. We went up to a place called Harrison Lake, and it's on the east side of Priest Lake. It's a high alpine lake, great little hike as well. And we get out there, we set up camp, and we go out to this rock outcropping, and Matt's just standing there, completely overwhelmed by the mountain. It was amazing. If you know my friend Matt, he doesn't stop talking. He was quiet. He just stood there like, wow. And so I leave him there. I go back to camp. Matt ends up coming back to camp later, and he's like, I finally understand why you do this. I just thought you were an idiot going on long walks in the woods. So he figured it out finally. So Matt and I have this amazing experience as well where he gets the chance to really encounter God in creation. It's an amazing time. Now, I think most of us here would agree that we live in a beautiful place. And with this beautiful place comes a tremendous responsibility for us to take care of it. And there's even a biblical idea there, a very early in the Bible idea. It's in Genesis 1. God's talking to Adam and Eve. He says this, And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on earth. You see, Adam and Eve 
were directly instructed to care for and to steward creation there. But in that Genesis passage, we have a couple of interesting words. We have subdue, and we have rule, and we have have dominion with. Now, in our current English vernacular, we don't really have a way to understand the context of how God wants us to treat creation. So let's unpack that a bit. The first word, subdue, comes from the Hebrew word kavash, which means footstool. That's a noun. Now, kevosh is the verb, it's the action form, which is to put under foot. And so you have kind of this powerful moment where something's underfoot. You're standing on its neck. That's a very powerful, very authoritative, very intentional kind of, a, of position of leadership there. It's actually where we get the phrase, let's put the kibosh on it. You ever hear that before? Yeah, that's where that comes from. Now, the next part of that is have dominion. Have dominion over. Now, the Hebrew word for that is radah. And radah is connected to a whole slew of words out there that give us this excellent context for control here, which is to descend into, to walk among, to be equal with. And so now we see that we have this really strong form of authority here, companioned with a very equal peer-to-peer -peer experience. So yes, we have authority over creation, but we've been entrusted to care for it as benevolent leaders entering into and experiencing creation with that that we have been entrusted to care for. Now shortly after there in Genesis, Adam and Eve screw up, sin enters the world, things start slipping into chaos, and God decides to reaffirm this call for humans, for mankind, to care for creation. It's in Genesis 9, God's talking to Noah. He says this, then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, Be fruitful, and increase in number, and fill the earth. The fear and dread of you will fall on the beasts of the earth, and on all of the birds in the sky, on every creature that moves along the ground, and all of the fish in the sea. They are given into your hands. See, God has given those things into our hands, into my hands, into your hands to care for. And God wants us to steward this creation. Now, let me acknowledge right now that there's a lot of political tension when it comes to this environmental conversation. What percentage of who's responsible for what? And we have this conversation of the climate's always changing and what are we going to do about these other countries out there? I get it. Those are important conversations for us to have. We should still be having them. But I want to talk to you directly right now. If in the room you, you, you profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you identify as a Christian, now I'm talking directly to you right now. God gave you and I and our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ that are with us right now and the ones that came before us the responsibility to take care of creation. I am directly responsible for how I steward this amazing place that God has given to us. And so are you. He's put in our hands to care for this well. And this is worth spending some time. This is really worth spending some time reflecting about what you can do differently when it comes to stewarding creation. It's not hard to think of a whole bunch of things that we can start doing to take care of creation, but I want to address a dangerous idea that I've encountered with some of my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. It is this. That because all of this is supposed to fade away someday, because Jesus is going to return someday, 
that I don't have to take care of this temporary place. That is wrong. And it is wrong. We are responsible right now for how we are taking care of creation, regardless of God's time frame for everything else to change. Now, for all of us, I want to bring everybody back into the conversation now and share with you three considerations as, as toolkits, as things that we can use to help us steward creation. We talked about God's command in Scripture when he's talking to Adam and Eve and Noah that we are supposed to steward this. We talked a bit about what that looks like between subdue and between having dominion. So here's three ideas, three considerations to look at here. Number one, God is the creator. The first chapter in the first book of the Bible is the story of creation, Genesis 1. Now, this has, been, this has been part of discussion for a long time. And science has a lot to say about this, and science is wonderful. In fact, I just finished a great class at Whitworth and their continuing study programs on Earth science. We were learning about continental drifts and radioactive isotope decays and four billion-year-old snails. It was fascinating. It was absolutely amazing. I got an A. Okay, I got an A, everybody. That's right. Woo! That's right. Now, the story of creation is something that science has a lot of thoughts about. So do all of the ologies, philosophy, psychology, anthropology, epistemology. All of the ologies have something to say about creation. But when you read Genesis 1, when you finish Genesis 1 and you get to the very end and all the questions come up of how did God do it? Why did God do it? What was the point? When did God do it? Those are important conversations to have. Those are important things to talk about. And some of the answers are quite simple. Some of them are quite complicated. There's the famous three-word uh, three three answer of, I have no idea, or I don't know what God's doing here. But if you finish Genesis 1, and you get to the very end, the main point that you should be taking away is that God is the creator. Amen? Amen. Amen. Consideration number two, God is all-powerful. Psalms 33 says, For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. Let that sink in. That is a profound idea. For he spoke it, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. I built some new bookshelves two weeks ago. I hope they're going to last five years. Right? Yeah. My house is 110 years old. I'm pretty sure it doesn't have another 110 years in it. Right? We don't make things that endure as humans. We don't make things that last. God does. He is all-powerful. Regardless how good our technology is, regardless how smart we become, how many degrees we get, God is all-powerful, and we don't make things that last. Consideration number three, God created you. When I was putting this message together, I didn't want to break this one out. I just wanted to have two considerations and have it be God is the creator. But after thinking about it and praying about this a bit more, I learned that there's this disconnect that we get, that God created everything else, but yet here, here I am. I'm just here. I came across this disturbing but fascinating study from a psychologist, and he made this suggestion, that people take better care of their dogs than they take care of themselves. It's terrifying. He, he used this data that he was tracking as how well people administered 
uh, prescription drugs to their pets compared to how well they administered prescription drugs for themselves. And the data revealed that people were more caring, were more worried, were more interested in the well-being of their dogs than they were themselves. God created you. 1 Corinthians says this, Do you not know that your bodies are temples to the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. You see, as humans, we're vulnerable. As humans, we are aware of our vulnerability, and that makes us unique. And with an understanding of vulnerability becomes an emotion called shame, where we all of a sudden become aware of how heavy things are. Now, as, as creatures created by God and sin enters the world, vulnerability shows up, and we get so disconnected from God. When you're far from God, man has a really, really sad fate. But remember that God has created you. The wicked one uses your shame to keep you far from him. You have been bought with a price and you are worth more. In Luke, we have this conversation here. It says this, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs on your head are numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. You were created by God, and you have immense value. Don't forget that. So God's the creator. God is all-powerful. And God created you personally. When you reflect on those considerations, when you return to those truths, they influence us in many ways. They can really be impacting in our lives. This conversation today is about stewardship of creation. And yes, start riding a bicycle. Take the bus. Maybe solar panels fit your house. There are a bunch of different ways for us to take care of creation. But remember this. You have a path to take. You as an individual have to walk this path. God has entrusted you with a precious responsibility to take care of, and you have something to do about it. The planet, his creation, all the resources entrusted to you, and of course, you and your own person, mind, body, and soul. This isn't something for somebody else to fix in your life. This isn't something that you can push off and say, somebody else can fix these issues here. I've got my own stuff to deal with. You have a path to take. I'm not saying do it alone, but I am saying you are responsible because God has commanded us to take care of this. And that experience of awe is available to every single one of us. So now we're going to sing a song together. I wanted to finish up this series called Well Done with a chance for us to worship together. We haven't sang this song in before, so we'll do our best to sing it, but use this time to reflect, to really think about what God has entrusted to you, to think about the responsibility that you have. And we can get to that place where God says, well done, good and faithful servant. Realize this. All of creation praises God. All of creation cries out to God. It's not hard to see, and it's really not that hard to find. And if all of creation praises God, 
then so will I. So the band's going to lead us in a song here. Use this time to pour out to God. We'll pray together shortly. If the stars were made to worship, so will I. 
God, to these ideas of stewarding things that you've entrusted to me, God, I pray that all of us in here right now can hear from you, can sense you, God, in our lives of what are we supposed to do? What's next, God? There's so many things for us to take care of, God, and we can't do it without you. We need you, God. We need you with us, Lord. Be with us, God. I was thinking while the song was going, I was thinking about that conversation about how you have been bought with a price and that you have tremendous value. It's extremely difficult to care for so many other things when you don't allow yourself to have the self-worth that God has given to you. You are not your own. You were bought 
with a price and you are immensely valuable. God loves you. And there are some with us right now that aren't feeling that. We're not sensing the value that God has for us. There are even some with us this morning that are far from God. You're here just seeing. You're curious. You're wanting to know what's happening here. What's church all about? How come there's hundreds of people standing up right now? If that's you, and you want to take that step today, you want to follow Jesus, you want him to be your Lord and Savior, the one that you follow, because all creation bows to him, so will I. I want to pray a prayer and invite you to pray it with me right now. Dear God, I'm not quite sure I know all the details. I don't know how this all works. I don't know exactly how I'm supposed to do this, but I'm just going to trust you, God. God, I want to follow you. I want you in my life. God, I want to sense that value that you've given to me. God, I believe that you sent Jesus Christ to save us all from our sins. I believe that he's your son. And I believe that he was arrested and he was murdered and he was crucified and he came back from the dead. I've heard some of these stories somewhere, God. I've heard some of these, some, but I'm going to take that step today. I'm going to step, God, and trust that you are for me. That you are with me. God, I want to follow you because I love you, because I trust you. If that was you today, I want to welcome you to the kingdom of God. I'm so excited you've made that decision. And for the rest of us in here today, let me finish off with this last prayer thought. God, all of us here, we praise you. We love you. We want to leave here today with an idea that you are the creator and that you are all powerful and that you created me and that I have a personal responsibility to steward the things that you've entrusted me with because I want to finish this life God and I want to see you and I want to hear you say well done good and faithful servant Lord we love you and we thank you we are completely dependent on you we want to leave here today filled up and trusting you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I love that idea that the beauty of creation points us to an amazing God who then speaks back to us and says, take care of it. I love that. Next week, I want to invite you back to a new series we're going to be doing, investigating this really central idea of the Christian faith, grace. It's gonna be amazing, it's gonna be empowering and super equipping. You, if you think you know everything there is to know about grace, come back next week and find out how wrong you are. It's gonna be absolutely amazing.